Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe, and I'm not muted. I thought I was going to be muted when I started to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby, how are you today? I am amazing. I'm over the heat and humidity already because normally that's not really like this until like August and it's already here. And I'm like, I went running at 6 a.m. this morning and it was already 72 degrees with 90% humidity. And I was like, it is too early in the season to be this hot, like hot, hot. I'm not. I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than being cold. I'm just saying. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying I want to go cold, but like about 70 degrees and like 60% humidity, which would be, if we could just do that through the months of June and half of July, and then it gets hot the end of July, August, I could, I could live, but if we're going to have a whole summer of heat, like, and and part of it is I'm I'm marathon training, which means I got to get out there and I got to run even earlier but the problem that's right i forget about that the problem is that before the sun comes up the humidity is even higher like if i were to go out at like 5 a.m the humidity would be about 98 percent. and then as the sun comes up it burns off the humidity but the heat goes up so there's like but if you don't go at like 5 a.m there is no going running at one in the afternoon because literally i would just die and so like i'm extra sensitive to the heat in the summer and you have to run a lot slower just to keep your heart rate down to keep yourself hydrated so you don't pass out and die on the sidewalk but then that messes with you mentally because you're like oh my god i was so slow today you weren't really slow today but i was because it's hot you don't want to die i don't want to die i'm not a runner and so i don't feel that i i can understand if you had to run every morning how how that would be an issue Cause you're just staying inside and going from your house to your car and then that's it. Right. Exactly. And I like it that way. That's mm-hmm. not going to change. Yeah. Well, um, and the other part to my uh, change in my routine is that I take my dog for two walks a day two 10 minute walks around the neighborhood. Cause he's a seven month old puppy and he likes his walks. And it used to be, we would take our second walk at about two in the afternoon, two or three. That was a good way to break up the afternoon, do something kind of wake myself up it's too hot to do that. So now we're going at seven. Well, his little puppy brain doesn't understand why we can't go walk at two o'clock in the afternoon. And he just starts like running around the house doing circles going, Hey lady, where are we going? Why aren't we doing anything? And he gets real angry. He doesn't want to wait till after supper to go for a second walk, but he would pass out and die too. (laughs) I mean, not die, die, but kind of die. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, so Alex, what are we talking about today? What's, what's our topic today? We're talking about mineral rights today, along mm-hmm. with land and just some things that you might need to think about if you're working with uh, clients that are interested in buying land or selling land. Yeah, we're going to bring on uh, Craig Kaiser, and he's the co-founder of Landgate.com. And we're going to be talking about if your uh, client's getting a fair offer for their land, especially if there's some mineral rights involved. And here's the thing. I've been in real estate since I was eight years old, but licensed for 24 years. Yep, that sounds about right if I do the math in my head. I don't know anything about mental rights. I'm gonna be flat out honest. Like I'm kind of excited to have this topic because I actually honestly think that I will learn something. Now, I'm scared about asking the right questions. So uh, listeners, I hope we ask the right questions that you are wondering, but mental rights isn't something I've actually had to deal with, but I bet in this part of the country it is. it is. And I've done a lot of farmland and I've done a lot of land deals 
But mineral rights is really just, I may, maybe my people have been leaving money on the table. Maybe I'm a horrible human being. Interesting. Well, and a lot of, I mean, it's on the seller's disclosure in, in our area. And so a lot of the time uh, the seller retains the mineral rights. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I, I can't wait to talk about this. It's, it it should, be, should be interesting. Well, do you have a book bit? You know I do. Well, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey Ryan. That was horrible. I should never do that again. That was really like a cat in a hailstorm. All right. So I actually think that you'll like this book bit. It's called the No Rules Rules. No Rules Rules. And it's it was written by the um, co-founder of, Net, or the not co-founder, the founder of Netflix. And he had a co-writer. And it just talks about the unique and efficient company culture of Netflix talking about their amazing levels of freedom and the responsibility that it gives its employees and how this innovative way of running the business is the very reason that Netflix is so successful. And I did not realize that, you know, we talk about the Silicon Valley companies and we kind of have an idea of how they run their companies. Netflix is even more different than the normal companies like the Googles and the Apples, how they treat their employees. And I found this book really, really interesting. So my quote from the book, is in a fast and innovative company, ownership of critical big ticket decisions should be dispersed across the workforce at all levels, not just allocated according to hierarchical status. And I thought that was really interesting that they truly have a strong buy-in from all their employees to make the biggest of decisions. So the first lesson from the book is the reason Netflix was able to excel the way it has is due to its unique company culture. I mean, we all know the story about how the founder of Netflix, his name is Reed Hastings. He met with the CEO of Blockbuster to make him an offer. He wanted, um, for $50 million, he wanted uh, Blockbuster to buy them and then they would do the online or the sending of the DVDs. And Blockbuster says, no, no, thank you. And then within 10 years, Blockbuster went bankrupt. But the whole thing with Netflix, the reason it became so successful was the company emphasizes people and innovation, and it's not overly controlling. And in 2018, it was named the best place in Silicon Valley to work, which I did not realize that. And he talks about that his employees are allowed much more freedom than other companies. When they are given the freedom, they are inspired to work harder, be more innovative, and make better decisions. And when I was reading that in the book, I was just like, yeah, but if you give them too much freedom, employees are going to take advantage of that. I mean, that's what we always fear is it, employees taking advantage of that. So that leads to point number two is to have a successful company. You have to have a high talent density, a lot of candor and get rid of your dumb policies. So um, talking about the high talent density, a company with a smaller group of great talent will always outperform a large one with only so-so employees. And that's because high performance is contagious. When you have multiple high performers together, they hold themselves to a higher standard and they have more fun while they're doing it. And the second part, they also prioritize what they call radical candor. It is perfectly normal for employees to contradict their supervisor in a meeting if they directly disagree. And it's not just the norm. It's actually expected that if you disagree, there's a certain feedback rules you have to follow. 
but it's okay in a meeting to call your supervisor out and say, no, I think you're wrong and here's the reasons why. And lastly, don't be afraid to throw out useless policies. Netflix does not track hours or days that people work and now it doesn't even have a vacation policy. The reason freedom leads to accountability is simple. It shows you that you trust them. And you're over there rolling your eyes like, what do you mean? People just take advantage of the vacation policy. We're gonna go deeper. We're gonna go into step three. It can be time consuming to keep a high density of talent, but it allows for the maximum efficiency. And the first part of this is first, you need to be able to fire people who are just okay at their jobs. Instead of viewing employees as a family, Netflix Netflix views their employees more like a sports team collectively trying to win a title. So they will let you go. If you're not performing at the highest of your abilities, if you're just an okay per- person, you're going to get kicked to go, but they will then offer you a generous severance package to take care of you. If you can achieve this kind of talent density, it will make management of your employees so much easier. The managers allow employees to make their own judgment and determine what they think is best for the company. When the employees have the power to do this, senior leadership has much more time for other things. And that means a more efficient company with no micromanagement of your employees. And that is the no rules rules. Have good people, pay them a lot of money and let them do whatever they want. Look, I dig it. I mean, we, we run offices of a bunch of independent contractors. So, I mean, yeah. this is the life we, we, you know, mostly live, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Good stuff. That's why our business is so great. And that's why, that's why mm-hmm. we love it. That's why we don't micromanage them. That's right. All right. Let's bring on Craig. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. We are here with our guest today, Craig Kaiser, who is the founder of Landgate.com. Welcome, Craig. It's great to have you here with us today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on. All right. So, Craig, the first question we ask all of our guests is very basic and simple. Tell us about you. To Give us your background. How did you get uh, started founding Landgate.com? What is Landgate.com? Just tell us about Craig. Yeah, absolutely. I'll jump into it a little bit without trying to get, uh, putting anyone to sleep anyway, but uh, I'm, I'm a scientist. I, I have a couple degrees in geology. Um, so that's kind of how I started my career. I have a bachelor's degree in geology and then a master's degree in geology. The latest is from Colorado School of Mines. Um, spent most of my career in the energy industry. So I'm not a, not a real estate person. I'm getting up to speed with uh, specifics of, of land real estate. Um, dealt with land my entire life, but always on the buy side, mostly in the energy sector. Um, I've worked in Africa, worked for mining companies in West Africa, worked for energy companies domestically in the United States, um, both private, publicly traded, was an executive in a, a private equity backed um, exploration company. And then um, one day, uh, a friend of mine who I worked with at Anadarko Petroleum, uh, he's my, my current partner, Johan Hispa, he's the CEO of Landgate. Um, you know, we, we kind of put our heads together one time. He had been doing a lot of work with high net worth individuals of going out and acquiring leases and flipping those leases. Same thing that I was doing on uh, the companies that I was working with. And uh, we kind of put our heads together and we were like, and this was, you know, seven, eight years ago when Zillow was starting to become a household name, uh, Airbnb, 
Uber, Lyft, like all of these fundamental transformations and all of these, these uh, entrenched uh, industries that no one ever thought you could really change of how you're going to get a ride in a, in a car or how you're going to go you know, buy a house. All of these massive shifts were happening in all these industries. And we looked at this and said, this is the likely the world's most important industries, the energy in, industry, you know, it keeps our lights on, keeps food on our tables. Um, there's been virtually no transformation of how deals get done. And typically what happens is the folks that don't have in-depth, knowledgeable information of what the value of their property or their resources are worth get a very short end of the stick in any kind of transactions. So we saw this huge gap from the people who owned the resources, the landowners, the real estate agents who represent landowners, they own this resource and they are always, always at the back end of negotiations because they don't have all of the technical data and information on their side. So we put our heads together and we put a, you know, every penny we had to work on an idea of trying to create not necessarily a Zillow for uh, land resources, because I know real estate agents don't like Zillow, um, but something that created a marketplace and platform that was similar to what Zillow allowed buyers and sellers to interact similarly. So we, we value, we created, and sorry to be long-winded, but we created a, a platform and a system that allows landowners and real estate agents to understand the value of mineral rights, solar rights, wind rights, for every parcel across the United States. And it's not on an offset comp um, comparison because you can't, you can't use comps because every situation, every resource is a little different. It's on a revenue basis. So it's the same way that BP Solar or Exxon Mobil or 8-Minute Energy or Nextera Energy value their assets. We do the exact same types of valuations on, every, on a parcel level where landowners, real estate agents can come find out that information and they can basically raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in, I have a client that's interested in selling their uh, wind rents in the three wind turbines on their property. They don't want to sell their property, but they want to give upfront, they want, they want to sell their cash flow um, for those wind rents, or they want to go ahead and lease their property for a solar farm, or they want to sell their mineral rights. We give the tools and the platform so that real estate agents can now utilize, real estate agents are now in the energy industry. That's a huge point. And I think that's probably what we'll talk about mostly in this is that there is no just, you know, commercial real estate agents anymore. There is no just land real estate agents anymore with the transformation of how this country is going to be getting its energy over the next 50 years. Every real estate agent that's ever done a commercial transaction or land land based transaction is now in the energy industry, whether they know it or not, because a lot of the energy companies are posing themselves as um, real estate investment firms now. So it's, it's highly competitive. There's massive, massive amounts of value in land resources. But unless you know what the values are, there's no way you would ever get any kind of value for that. So in a nutshell, that's, that's where we came from. We came from the technical background, scientists, engineers, saw a need in the, in the space. And now, you know, we've, we're, we work a, a lot with real estate folks. You know, we, we traditionally work with the buyers and directly with, with, with landowners. And now that there's been a significant, I'd say, awakening in the real estate world, I guess, of saying, hey, we need to start getting on board with a lot of this energy stuff because it's going to affect almost every deal that we do.
this, this is absolutely fascinating. Like you've, you've captured my attention 100%. I mean, like I, I, everybody gets my attention, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was not expecting to be like this all like, wow, like on the edge of my seat. So what are some of the various ways that land is valued or that you can value land or do valuations? Typically, so you have to look at it through what lens you're looking at. So, so if you are a real estate agent or a landowner, you're going to be looking at it through a lens of what kind of data and information do I have out there? I'm not a reservoir engineer. I'm not a renewable energy in, in, engineer. I'm not a geologist. What information do I have out there of what revenue is going to come to my property? Right. So typically what we see is landowners and real estate agents, they go with comps. That's what they, so they've gotten an offer from company X to go ahead and lease their hundred acres for a solar farm. And then they have a competitive, what they think is a competitive offer from, from company Z for this, the same hundred acres. That's what in their mind, they're getting an under, they think they're getting an understanding of what it's worth. That's, that's not what it's worth. Um, like I said, energy is highly, highly competitive. You can get multiple different offers with three different letterheads from the same exact buyer. Okay. So you have three subsidiaries from this entity that are trying to create competition. This happens in every energy segment it happens in oil and gas. It happens in water. It happens in, in solar, happens in wind, happens in, mi in mining. But if you don't know what actually the calculated revenue, the net present value of the potential reserves are worth, then the only thing you have to go off of is what people are trying to buy it from. It's like putting it on Craigslist, right? That, and there's, there's some sites out there that allow people to put their resources out. It's the same thing as putting it on Craigslist. There's no guidance. There's no data. There's no valuation. It's literally putting these landowners and real estate agents in a barrel and letting them get like fish and get, get shot at. There's no guidance. There's no understanding of what they're listening. There's no, there's no uh, support. And that's what we provide, right? We are the energy experts for these folks who, you know, I'm not a real estate agent. I'm not a real estate expert. I work with a lot of experts. I talk with a lot of experts like you guys. But that's not what I do. We, we do energy and we do natural resources. We do it very, very well. The folks who work with us now have that tool in their tool belt, right? They don't have to, they don't have to know what uh, a, a, an acre foot of water is trading for. They don't have to know what the net present value of flowing gas in the Barnett Shales work. They don't have to understand what the capacity is on a, on a certain substation nearby one of their their, their client's property that could affect their potential solar lease value. They get all of that working with us. Um, so that's really the niche that, that we're in. Um, but back to the, the lenses. So if someone's trying to get something from you and yet the only hinge point you have of understanding what the value is, is coming from people who want to buy it from you. That's pretty tough. And they have all the data. That's like buying a house and you haven't seen the house, right? Bobby, that'd be like, okay, you're going to go buy this house. It's got a nice 40 acres. You're going to have to take our word for it that we're going to, that it's a really nice house. The 40 acres are yeah, decent. You have some trees and a little meadow. You're going to have to take our word for it because we're really good people. That's This is what it's worth based on our metrics. And we're such a good person. We're going to buy it from you. No real estate agent on the planet would accept that deal, but they do it every day on an energy basis, on a natural resource basis. They do it every single day. They only have their view that's coming from buyers. Until we started our company, that's the only view they ever had, and, and, and landowners as well. 
from the buyer's perspective, how they'll value a property is they're going to look at it and say, how many cap, how much capital do I need to put into this property to start generating revenue? Or if the property is generating revenue, let's say there's solar panels or there's wind turbines or there's producing oil and gas wells on it and they own the minerals. They look at it and say, what is the operating expense if there's any? What is the capital that, or, that's going to be required to buy the asset? And what's my cash flow going to be? It's a pure financial metric it, it, calculation. It's purely down to energy finance at that point. There's certain discount rates that are applied to certain energy types. There's certain uh, discount rates and, and net present values applied to what types of cash flow is being generated. Um, and that's how a buyer, look, a sophisticated buyer looks at it. That's the way all the publicly traded, very large name companies or private equity or venture capitalist backed, very wealthy funds look at it. But landowners and real estate agents never have that opportunity because that's not their expertise. So until we started what we did, there's two completely different playing fields for what we would call value on natural resources. And a lot of the buyers we worked with historically in the past, you know, and, and before we started Landgate, they called it kitchen or, or table prices, right? You either had the kitchen price of the uncooked meal, and I know what this can turn into, but this is just a slab of, of, of steak and there's some asparagus there. It's not worth that much. Now, all I have to do is cook this steak and put some seasoning on it, and I know how to do that. And it just, I just increased the value by a four or five X. So that's the, the kitchen or table prices, right? We're trying to kind of just balance that outlook, bring a lot of this data analytics and understanding of value to the people who own the commodity. You know, the energy industry is the only one, and we say this a lot, the energy industry is the only industry that I can really think of, major industry where the people who own that commodity know the absolute least about it. Everybody who wants to buy that commodity, who wants to lease that commodity knows far more about it than the person who actually owns it until we started our company. So um, as far as value, that's it. I mean, we it's the same exact revenue-based, cash flow-based um, valuation that any major energy company would run on, on their own assets. Craig, let's say, uh, this is, I, I'm with Bobby. This is, this is not really what I was expecting. This is really interesting. Well, great. <laughs> not awesome. that I wasn't I'm, expecting great. it to be interesting. <laughs> it just isn't what I was, what in my mind we were really talking about. So I, let me, let me, what if I've got somebody and they want to sell, they just want to sell their wind rights, right? Sure. They just, they just want to sell their wind rights. What, what do they need to go through? What's the process to even, I, I mean, so, so they, do they go on your website uh, to find out, you know, what their, what, what that might be worth? What does that process look like? Break that down for me. I'm just, I can't, I can't envision it. Sure. Absolutely. So the, we'll get into the process of how that looks from a real estate or landowner perspective of raising your hand and getting yourself in front of every energy investor and purchaser on the planet. But first of all, to your first question, someone who has a piece of property and they know that there's solar potential or wind potential or oil and gas potential there, the segment of resources is important to understand what they're trying to do with, right? If they have the mineral rights, they can go ahead and se sever the mineral rights from the surface rights and they can sell off their mineral rights. That's the right to capture those minerals. They can sell those off. They no longer own those mineral rights. 
but that's a severed estate, right? You have surface and the and the, the subsurface mineral rights. There's an established process for that. Established process. When it comes to wind and solar, there's very, very few states that allow a and, and I think this is a good a good thing, uh, but there's very few states that actually allow a surface owner to strip away the right to capture solar or wind from their property because it's it's heavily intensive on, on surface use, right? Um, so in most cases, most of the folks that we deal with, either from real estate agents representing their clients or landowners coming directly to the website, um, those folks, if they want to try to monetize on solar and wind and they don't already have production, what they do is they try they they list their property for leasing, right? So they'll have to lease out those rights because they can't sever them apart. Now that's one way that they can do that. They can go ahead and raise their hand and say to every company, I'm here, I have 250 acres. I'm sitting in, uh, I'm outside of, let's say, Madison, Wisconsin, and I have a 150 kilovolt substation transmission line a half a mile away from my house. And I have, let's say, 175 buildable acres. We provide all of that information to that landowner. It's like, holy cow, I didn't even know that. And they can raise their hand and have a pretty descriptive listing, and, or we can help them out with that. Um, but what's even more interesting is the opportunity that we see a huge opportunity for real estate agents in a way that, you know, for real estate agents, mind you, the, the potential client that they're working with is either trying to buy something or sell something, right? They're, they're either going to try to buy the real estate or sell the real estate outright. The other opportunity is working with landowners who don't want to sell their real estate. They don't, they want to hold it, but they want to monetize it. One way is trying to get a lease or another way is going to folks who already have the cash flow on their property. They already have a solar panel. They already have a wind turbine. They can sell that cash flow. And a lot of times it's significant. It's very significant. If they have production on their property, they can go ahead and sell that cash flow on a worldwide marketplace where every energy investor can come and look and say, wow, there is this, this landowner is getting paid on three wind turbines. I want to buy that cash flow. I want to buy their fixed rent, not buying their property. I'm going to buy the fixed rent from that landowner. I'm going to pay them upfront at a discounted cash flow basis. And I'm going to buy that cash flow. I'm going to buy that energy. They do it. They've been doing it for hundreds of years in oil and gas. They can buy the royalties from the landowner. They can buy an override or production or the minerals. That same thing is it's no different with uh, solar and wind. You just can't strip away the actual rights. You can't say, Hey, I own 500 acres in the middle of a desert in Arizona. I've never been there, never gonna be there. I wanna just sell the rights. Can't, can't strip away those rights there, but um, there's that. And then the process, it's very simple. Um, we kind of have two listing options. Either we help folks go through, we, they basically hire us to be their scientists, their engineer, their landman. We, we build their own listing, which is we, in the energy industry, we call a virtual data room has all of the interest documents, anything that they would need to value the property. Um, we put that, it's out on the website. We earn a, um, a, a small service fee if they accept a deal on that. And then the other side that a lot of real estate agents are interested in, in using, it's completely free, it's called self-listing. So if you have a client, Alex, that has 250 acres and they wanna try to get a solar lease, you can simply, it's your, it, it's your client, but you can go or go to our website. You can select the parcels or create, upload a shape file or whatever it is that they have that they're marketing. 
you can create that own listing. You can manage that listing yourself. Your contact information is in that listing. So buyers will look at it. They'll see what's available and they can contact you directly about trying to lease that property. So there's two different kinds of processes there as far as creating the listing. A lot of, a lot of landowners, they come organically to the site because they want to understand what the value is. A lot of real estate agents, they go to the site because they have a client. They want to understand what the value is there. If they have, a, have an understanding with that, that landowner that they're also going to list it to be leased or to sell their royalties or whatever they're doing, the, the real estate agent can actually go ahead and create that listing for them and manage that listing the same way you do on anything else. And that's completely free. We take, if you're doing everything, if you're managing everything, you create the listing, that's completely free. There's that, that costs nothing. Okay. So I have, I have like so many questions. I don't even know where, like, I'm actually like taking notes. I never take notes, by the way. Like, I take notes <laughs> on everything, except not nor normally during this, because I normally feel like I'm educated on the topic. I'm not. Okay. So we talked about establishing a value on natural resources and things like that. And we talked about the cash flow and the revenues. It, it, when we sell real estate, especially residential or even commercial or even normal land deals, we have a third party appraiser who comes in and says, yeah, you establish values correctly. Is there any sort of appraisal system that comes in on these uh, natural resources or is it just your word on what, what the value is and the buyer and seller agree? Like, how do we actually have, or not how do we have, but is there a third party oversight? That's kind of why it's a very good question. That's kind of why we started our company to begin with is because appraisals, when it comes to natural resources, are very expensive, right? Especially we started with subsurface mineral rights, the minerals, the, the, the resource, you can't see it, right? It's 10,000 feet underneath your feet. You need a massive amount of data, which is very expensive to understand what's there. You need expertise. Um, there are guidelines, for appraisals. There's appraisals in solar, there's appraisals in wind and oil and gas. And we, we do all of those appraisals as well. So, I mean, I mean, every day we're running appraisals, third-party appraisals, right? These people aren't even our clients. They just, they need an appraisal for their mineral rights for inheritance purposes, or they need to understand because they're going to put it in a trust. We run those appraisals all the time, right? And, and, and we have engineers that do all of that. Um, when it comes to the, the, you know, if there's, we, we have a seller who has an asking price, buyers aren't happy there. When it comes to the energy deals, it's all based on the metrics of capital versus revenue, right? Capital versus revenue. And where, and that's the, that should be the negotiation. It's not that, Hey, I want it. I want this. Well, I don't want to pay you that. I'm going to pay you this. It should be based off of a metric. Okay. Well, you're saying that this property is going to earn $250,000 a year from solar, our calculation, we're only thinking that it's going to make $175,000 a year. The negotiation should be, okay, well, what are you using for your solar radiance value? What, how, many, how many acres are you using for buildable acres on your property? That's the negotiation versus, it's the same thing you, you guys do in real estate, right? You know, this house has, you it, instead of um, potentially building a five-bedroom house, they're only going to want to build a three bedroom house and you go back and forth because that's your profession. And that's what you know about the, the economic metrics of whether a deal's overpriced or underpriced. Energy is the exact same way. You can tell if a deal's over. We can tell if a deal's overpriced or underpriced very quickly. So my next question, 
is how are you marketing? How are you getting the word out there? How do people know about you? Because you are, this is like amazing knowledge. And like, how are we spreading, the, other than being on our amazing podcast? Uh, how are we I, I was going to say people like you. People, <laughs> what, what I'd say, and um, I'll say that, and, and I'm happy to brag about our team. We have some of the most intelligent people that I've ever worked with are, are, are programmers and coders. We stole from the Department of Defense. I'm, my My partner had to get, uh, interviewed by the NSA for security clearances. I mean, some of the, the folks we have working with us are, are absolutely phenomenal. We are very, very good with data analytics, valuations. That's what we do really well. What we don't do very well is marketing. <laughs> That's not our skill set. That's not what we do well. Um, it's really funny. The reaction that you guys get, almost everybody we talk to is like, holy cow, like how... How do, like, how do, have I not heard of this? Well, you're talking to the president, co-founder, I'm a director and, you know, my partner, like we, we didn't go out and get massive amounts of money to talk about what we were going to do. We did something. And then now we're kind of starting to talk about what we've been doing for the last six and a half years. So we, I don't whether that's right or wrong, we came about things a little bit differently, right? We, we're very analytical. We wanted to build and prove that we could do all of these things and that we could transform this, this, this was first oil and gas. Now it's renewables as well, that we could transform the deal flow in the process of A and D process in the energy industry. We wanted to prove we could do that before. Uh, it seems like the trend today is to go and get a bunch of money or from VCs or private equities and, start a company based on an idea and then tell everybody this we're doing this and you're five years away from actually doing anything. So we came about it an opposite way. I'm glad we did because we have a, an amazing product that um, is, is pretty revolutionary. In my opinion, I know everybody, every entrepreneur says what they're doing is revolutionary and very few actually revolutionize anything, <laughs> but um, I know it's still, I mean, you know, we had a, we, we, we've, it's been increasing, you know, I've done probably three or four interviews in the last three or three weeks, but um, we still mostly rely on word of mouth. You know, a lot of landowners that we work with, well, they have an uncle in Kentucky who has a thousand acres and they're interested and then they've got a cousin. So it spreads most of most everything we've done has been organic. How we, how I met you right? on a previous interview. This is really interesting. You guys need to hear what these guys are working on that's kind of how we've been spreading and growing. Now that's much slower than sinking $200,000 a month into Google ads and talking about something that you may not have, but that's the path that we've chosen. And that's kind of the path we're on. So again, we absolutely appreciate that you guys you know, giving us the, the platform and the opportunity to speak with you and your, your listeners. I've got a long list of people that I'm going to send your site to. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm serious. It's, it's, it, this is, I didn't, I didn't realize this was uh, a service that was provided. No. And like you said, I think that there are a lot of people that are hesitant to uh, do something like this because the uh, data is not readily accessible. That is yes. the perception and they don't really know where to start. It's not clear. And like you laid out, they, they don't really jump on it until somebody sends them an offer until, yep. until somebody's knocking on their door. And that is not the time to uh, make a decision because no. you don't have the data. This is, this is fascinating. 
I, yeah. I uh, yeah. So anyway, I'll be sending this uh, to a few different people. Well, we, we really appreciate that. We, we do our best to try to, we, before the pandemic, we would do public meetings every once in a while, you know, there'd be a real estate agent up in Wyoming that had a hundred people that were interested in what we do. And we'd have hundred, 200 people sitting in a room and we would just present information. Same thing that you're hearing now, information and data um, to these folks. And they're like, holy cow, this is, this is really interesting. Uh, we also teach a course, our vice president of, of, uh, of land, his name is Dan McHugh. He is an adjunct professor at University of Texas of Austin. So we teach a course through University of Texas of, at Austin. Um, we also uh, just recently last week, we released a partnership with the Real Estate Land Institute. We're going to be teaching courses through Real Estate Lands, Land Institute. Um, so we're going to be teaching courses with them, their, their members. Um, we have a, a strategic partnership with the American Association of uh, uh, Petroleum Landmen. That's a nationwide huge uh, land-based organization. Uh, we, we're going to be teaching courses through the AAPL. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, all, and all of these partnerships and things have come from organic. Is like, you know, someone sitting in in a course that we taught and like, holy cow, like our members really need to hear about this. Whether or not they fully utilize the website and all of the different features that we've created that that's irrelevant. It's the same information that you guys have gotten on this phone call. I mean, we teach, um, I think it's like just a, a, another four hour little short course that we do for individual chapters. If there's chapters that have members that, Hey, you know, this, this is probably worth our time just understanding at a, even if it's an 80,000 foot level of how energy deals are structured, how they're sourced and how they transact that's a massive tool in a lot of real estate agents belt because like you, like you guys have said, this is earth. A lot of this stuff is probably earth shattering to you guys because it directly affects everything you do on a daily basis, but it's something you've never really been exposed to. And it's been purposely set up that way because if I'm investing, I have a billion and a half dollar fund that I have to ex execute on, on, on capital in the next, you know, next two or three quarters and I need to go invest in energy deals, the people I'm buying those energy deals from, I don't want them super knowledgeable and educated. I want to go and execute that capital as efficiently as possible, get the lowest deal, low, get my lowest cost of capital on those deals as possible so that I have a very, very good and attractive fund that if I have to liquidate pretty quick, I already bought it at a good price. I can go ahead and unload a lot of this stuff and I'm already money ahead. So it's, there's a reason why it hasn't, there's a reason why Landgate has never existed. And one of our investors uh, early on the Rice Investment Group, highly super, super successful group of, of brothers out of Pennsylvania. Um, and I call them like hyper successful guys, very, very smart, very successful. They um, invested in our company early on. And when the pandemic hit, I mean, it hit everybody except the real estate industry. <laughs> Apparently real estate did very, very well last year, but um, it hit everybody, especially in the energy industry, very, very hard. And uh, Ryan Rice said that the companies that come outside the other side of this are going to be far stronger and healthier than the companies that don't make it through. A lot of companies did not make it through, especially on the energy side we feel like we are far stronger. We've, we're, we have a much better product and we're better aligned with our stakeholders of who use our product, right? We, 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 we listened for the last 18 months of, to real estate agents. This is what we need. We listen to landowners. This is what we need. 
And we spent a lot of money, a lot of money completely re revamping our platform and marketplace. I mean, it was, it was made by scientists and engineers or scientists and engineers about two years ago. The product that you have now, that took a lot of work, uh, a lot of money, and we hope that it's something that's very usable and uh, it's a huge, and we, for the folks that are using it, it's a, been a huge value add to them. Um, but that's kind of where we came through in the last 18 months. Um, we're very happy and fortunate of, about the timing. <laughs> I'd rather be lucky than good. And I think we were kind of lucky um, to, it hurt and we didn't, I wouldn't ever want, want to go through that again from a business owner perspective. Um, but we're in a pretty good spot right now. It's, it's interesting. You know, the energy markets are really, we've heard frothy <laughs> lately. Um, a lot of acquisitions, a lot of mergers. The, and what's important for you as real estate agents and the people listening, you know, the amount of energy that we are taking offline from traditional energy sources of coal-fired power plants and natural gas-fired power plants, the amount of energy that we're taking offline, it's going to take a massive, massive amount of land from private landowners who are being represented by real estate agents to fill that demand and fill that gap. It's going to be, I, I don't really think people have under an, an, an understanding or can comprehend the amount of land that it's going to take. And it's going to be, it's going to be part of your business. If it's not part of your business today, it needs to be very quickly because there are people quickly making the transition. We hear that word, the transition, the transition, Real, it's no different for real estate, right? Real estate agents are going to need to transition into that as well because there's thousands and thousands of unemployed traditional energy landmen that um, are more than happy to step into some of those roles. So the more skill sets you, know, you guys as real estate agents and your members can get, um, the more powerful you'll be. Same as anything else. So a lot like Alex, I can think of a lot of places I want I want to share, you know, what you guys are doing because uh, obviously we've never heard of it before. But one of the things that you said earlier that stuck out with me was you were talking about someone getting multiple offers on their property, but essentially it's all from the same energy company or investment company, mm -hmm. uh, but with underneath different subsidies. But if you don't know what you're doing as a seller, you think, oh, I have these three offers; they're all within this range. That's all my property is worth, and you might be leaving money on the table because someone's trying to essentially trick you out of your thing. Yeah. Um, I do. I want to be respectful of your time here. So the one of the ways we always end our podcast is what have we not talked about today that we should have talked about? What, what have we been missing? What have we asked you? There's we could have, we could have conversation for hours <laughs> on this. And that's, like I said, like we, we teach a, we teach a four hour course, we teach a multi-day course and we still don't get everything right. It's basically what, what Landgate has done has brought the energy industry, which is you know a $5 trillion industry domestically every year and merged it with the real estate industry. And it's needed to happen for a very, very long time. But um, early adopters do very well in, in, in new technology, right? Early adopters of Zillow did very well. Early adopters of Lyft, Airbnb, Uber, those folks, they do very, very well. Um, that's, I mean, to your question, what else did, what would we not talk about? There's all kinds of things. There's plenty of nuance there. The good thing is you don't need to know all of the nuance of energy, right? That's not, that's not your role, right? We have 
professional real estate agents, we have professional attorneys, we have folks that that is their profession. And then there's us, we are energy professionals. We just allow all of these other folks to work with energy professionals as their energy professionals. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your time today. This was highly enlightening, much more than I could have ever. I, I, like you said early on, you said, you don't know it, but we're going to talk about energy today. And you're right. I had absolutely no idea that energy is what we were going to be talking about today. So you nailed right on the head. You, you know us, you know realtors. Crazy. So thank you so much for your time. It's been highly enlightening. We may have to have you back again in the future to talk about some of these other things that we haven't talked about. So absolutely. Yeah, whenever. Yeah, we're, we, we're more than happy to talk about what we do. And anybody who gives us a platform, we're more than happy to spend time with them. So thank you very much again. We really appreciate it. Bobby, Alex, Amber, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. Okay.